0: Hello again, people. It's really nice to have you here this week. I hope you've had a great week. And um, we are approaching the weekend now. It's really nice having you back here. Yeah, this is Concept of the Mind Part 2 from the Life Architecture Series. Yeah, I know it's going to be quite a lot of surprise for people to see concept of the mind too. More so when I didn't um, inform you before or create the suspense at least, that there was going to be a part two of concept of the mind. This is because um, it has come to my attention that discussing the concept of the mind last week, we may have raised some questions in people's mind about so what about temperament What's the place of temperament because the whole of last week or the whole of last episode was about the mind being who we are our makeup the way we handle things and so on and so forth so a lot of people who has undergone the teaching of temperament are likely to relate it to what we discussed last week and be like what's the place of temperament in these whole thing? And so, this concept of the mind, the one for this week, this episode, is to uh, bridge the gap between the mind and the temperament, or perhaps answer some questions about the place of temperat- uh, temperament in the mind. Yeah, we did talk about the mind being the mental house of man's consciousness, and very importantly, we talked about the three compartments of the mind the subconscious, the conscious, and the superconscious. So what is temperament? According to Tim Lehaye, the famous Christian psychologist and author who has written a number of books, why you act the way you do, the spirit control temperament, the beauty of marriage, the sexual art of love. So he said temperament is the combination of inborn traits that subconsciously affects all our behaviors. I, do, I read that again. The combination of inborn traits that subconsciously affects all the behaviors. Yeah, this temperament thing is genetic, it's hereditary, it's born with us. They are traits and they are arranged at birth. Temperament is a direct window of our gene. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting to know that these temperaments were born with them we're born with them they, they're the direct link to our gene they are the they are the mental representation of the gene of our gene that has of our traits that we've inherited or uh, that has been arranged at birth you get so this temperament they are the emotional outlets of our minds and our genetic makeup again temperament is uh, the genetic quality Expressly rooted in the mind and exhibited in our actions. Temperaments are rooted, planted in our mind. You know, from from the, the definition of Tim Lahaye, we actually saw that there's already a link between temperament and the mind because they sub temperaments subconsciously affect our behavior. And you do remember that subconscious is a function of the mind, it is from the mind we react to things subconsciously and our temperament definitely are subconscious traits with which we handle situations and in fact affects our physical behaviors, the behaviors people see, the actions people see, they are also functions of temperament which is expressly rooted in the mind. Yeah, so we've been talking about temperament, temperament, temperament. Uh, what are these temperaments? What are these inborn traits that are come to man? They've been broadly uh, categorized into four by, the, by world psychologists. One is the sanguine, the choleric, the phlegmatic, and the melancholic. Alfred Eidler, that Austrian medical doctor and psychotherapist, he used four words, one for each, to describe these temperaments. For the sanguine, he called them the socially useful. We're still going to dwell a little bit more extensively on these temperaments very soon. So, he called the choleric, the ruling people, the phlegmatic, the getting people, the melancholic, the avoiding people. When we drill extensively on them now, you're going to really understand what these words, what each of them may mean. Okay, so for sanguins, the sanguins people are, before I get to that, when we're talking about temperament, there is high probability of seeing other people before even seeing yourself you could easily relate to other people and that's because of course you can't see yourself as much as someone else is gonna do but the the great thing about temperament and which would be a very good thing to know how to do is to be able to see yourself when discussing temperament because it takes sincerity to actually acknowledge some of these things even when your weakness is being mentioned so you got to see yourself, <laughs> I, unless you already know who you are it doesn't change the fact that you still have to see yourself in this whole thing. Okay, so the sanguine is a social, active, charismatic, talkative, outgoing, extroverted person. It's easy for a sanguine to make friends, it's just saying a hi and that's all it's easy to canvass people as someone is an influencer in the society, they they have this great sense of humor, right? Okay, so, uh, the choleric, they are the independent people, the goal-oriented, the ambitious, the result-oriented, natural leaders. Choleric are usually, like we know, They they, they are natural leaders, but then, it doesn't doesn't stop the fact that a choleric could be a boss or a true leader. Yeah, there is this difference between, a great difference between being a boss and a true leader. But nevertheless, cholerics are natural uh, leaders. The melancholic, they are analytical, they are detail-oriented, they are deep thinkers, and they are introverted. Being analytical, they get to do things the way it's meant to be, the follow instructions. You get follow instructions, they care about details, so they seldom miss out any information because they care about details. They're phlegmatic, they're relaxed, they're peaceful, they're quiet and easy they're sympathetic, that is, they pity people fast. Uh, because of this, their qualities, they, they don't get into fights they 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 have good record in the society behavioral record because they is it going but each of these people have just um, some weaknesses I would like to mention which will is gonna be the focal point for the lessons we're gonna learn in this episode you know life architecture being uh, we wouldn't we, won't, we, we being a podcast that seeks to suggest a beautiful living to you so we won't shy away from the weaknesses of this temperament it's good we know them sanguins you know of course are forgetful they offend very fast and they may not even know but nevertheless they're always ready to say sorry colorics are short-tempered very short tempered they get angry so easily so that's why being a boss or a true leader depends on how well you've um, developed your leadership skill even if you're a natural leader as a choleric very melancholic they are perfectionist and in this way they're not easily impressed they're not easily impressed that is if you ever get to impress them at all because these guys are so much, so much perfectionists that they don't even get satisfied by what they have done themselves. So uh, for phlegmatics, they they generalize so quickly because they want to be easygoing. They avoid a lot. They avoid things a lot. They they they, they, they generalize too quickly, and in this way, it makes them uh, not to go for what they want to get. Do you get so? generalization can be dangerous. Um, I want you to know that um, as humans we could have more than one temperament. In fact it is of uh, my opinion that every human has a bit of all the four temperaments but there are two that are going to be pronounced and one is going to be dominant. You could be a dominant sanguine and be a recessive choleric. Perhaps say. 40 30 20 percent in that measure you could be a dominant melancholic and be a recessive phlegmatic you could be a dominant choleric and be a a recessive sanguine you could be a dominant sanguine i have a little bit of phlegmatic so uh the the that's what makes us adaptable to different situations and that that's what makes us able to take on new qualities and remains with us forever even though it takes efforts to bring on these qualities yes you know i had this classmate when i was in undergrad level my first year in the university as an undergraduate she came to class that day the lecture room with uh with a long face and so and i'm like oh what's happened to you hi Hi, why are you like this? And she was like, she just opened up her mind to me. I don't know whatever she saw, but she opened up to me and told me her experience with her choleric roommate who happened to be a senior colleague studying law. She said, and she's phlegmatic. She said, she's been bullied by that uh, roommate. She just told me various things she does. She does this, she does that. And even at that point, she was almost crying while telling me, you know, I, I, I told her something very simple to me, which I think is something simple. I told her, uh, well, you don't let things get to you. When people bully you and you let it seem like it gets to you, you strengthen them the more. So I just gave her a sang- my sanguinistic opinion of, hey, whenever she does it, just look away, which is easy for sanguines to do. They look they easily look at look away they easily forget things that hurt them so I just suggested it to her come on just don't let it get to you don't take it too hard show strength don't show weakness all the time you know and I didn't know it was something great I told her I just thought it something simple what I would have done so she came back in a subsequent class that Oh, do you know that Dura, do you know that she has stopped doing it? I just, when, the next time she did it, I just did not look at her. Oh, I did not cry like I used to do. I did not um, go back to my shell like I used to do. You know, shyness being a dominant characteristic of Flakes. So, and she says subsequently, the lady stopped bullying her. I'm like, oh, thank God I just helped someone. But one thing is, our temperament matters a lot. I love this funny quote by uh, J.M. Coetzee, a South African novelist. Uh, he won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 2003. He said, "The score, the human score, followed by the temperament, the two other parts of the body." <laughs> you know, it equals me because it makes me see the temperament as a part of human body even though it's figurative anyway the temp- temperament is, is um, purely emotional purely uh, abstract but effects or is or reflects in human behavior okay so it said the temperament what what does this quote this trying to say the temperament is a really strong one and that you really need to be careful if you want to achieve some things in life. That's why you see people go for uh, skills or trainings or certifications. You see a sanguine person going for uh, managerial training or administrative training. So, so, you know, it's easy for him to gather people like we said before, but ruling these people effectively needs some more uh, leadership skills, which a choleric naturally has. But then a coloury person too can go for human resource training so that his uh, temperament or his, his temper is going to be worked on. You get. So when you see we'll people go for skills or training, it's not like it's for the certification alone. Sometimes these people don't know it's not for the certification alone, but it's a good thing they went for that training because you're actually working on your temperament. You're actually working on your value, on yourself. You're still. You see flags or melancholies go for social skills so they know how to relate with people around them. You know, being people who are, especially melancholic, who is so detailed and a perfectionist, needs to know how to, in some places or sometimes, cut some slacks. and so they go for these skills and trainings. If you know yourself, Kindly go for trainings, kindly go for skills. It's a good thing you add more qualities to yourself. And having it in mind that to an extent you have this quality, it's it may only be to a uh, small extent. You know, there is this 1965 movie Sound of Music where Julie Andrews played the role of Maria. She 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 was quite a lot of trouble for Reverend Sisters. Okay, so each of these sisters see Maria from a different perspective what I just seen, in everything is they simply judged her from their different personality angles one said she's gentle one said she's wild one said she's a girl one said she's a headache one said she's a she's an angel she's an angel you know how would someone have two contrasting opinions about one person like two contrasting I only saw it as they only talked about themselves and not Maria. So I'm closing up with this quote from Mota Garati. Never allow your short-term temperament to affect your long-term decisions, of course. Uh, and you know, I will always come back to this. As a Christian, uh, your temperament, we need the Holy Spirit to help us undo situations or, or control or um, be a, a guide or a check to our temperament. It is always good to rely back on the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have a relationship with Him yet, it's it's nice you have it. First, we talked about this last week that your mind has to be regenerated first. Of course, the blood of Jesus regenerates. You can apply it to your mind and to your heart. You're going to be regenerated. And thereafter, the Holy Spirit comes to your heart and helps you to control your temperament with people. Thank you again for listening to this episode this is the concluding part or the concluding episode of the introductory series of life architecture Uh, we are going to be considering the concept of clay nest as the nature series of life architecture thank you very much for listening i love you all i remain singa Paul. bye ciao